Greetings and welcome to the Circuit Rider broadcast. We're continuing our study and uh, this is, we're still in the dispensation of conscience and we were talking about uh, Noah. Now we left off uh, the last broadcast somewhere around the idea of where we was at in uh, Genesis and uh, chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, we understand, uh, uh, as uh, we're going to go ahead and review this a little bit, and uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, we remember we talked about the idea of the sons of God. We gave you some verses of scripture. They're fallen angels uh, having an affair with women, uh, as it noted, uh, as we read in Jude verse 6. Then we also understood that there were giants in those days, I mean, men of renown and all that mess. So we're going to begin reading here in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. We'll pick it up there, and then we'll continue on and uh, finish this here in this broadcast. It came to pass, verse 1, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, have you ever asked yourself where the giants come from? Uh, Referred to the first uh, uh, message there and on this uh, dispensation of conscience. And I gave a, a few verses of scripture. It is a very good study. But anyway, we won't go into that because we're dealing with dispensations. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, and remember how I referred to you, you know, in the Old Testament, the sons of God uh, dealt with, uh, they were the angels uh, and uh, so forth. And uh, we understand that they were were having meetings with God. We've seen that in Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2. And uh, also... Uh, we understand that in the dispensation of grace, uh, the church age, uh, which we're in today, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're called uh, a son of God. And I gave several verses of scripture for that in the first broadcast. Now, uh, notice that when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, unto the daughters of men, uh, they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. I mean, that means to make famous, uh, that kind of a thing. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great on the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to define the word imagination because this is so prevalent today. Remember, I gave you the verse of Scripture last broadcast dealing with as in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man now when you dissect this and really realize what was taking place here I'm going to read this verse of scripture again here not only are we seeing all kinds of wickedness from the sons of God and the 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 daughters of men, I mean, and and you know, I mean, having affairs and all this other thing, and having these these children, these uh, giants, and these uh, all this stuff. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
I could stop right there, and I have, in many places, I have preached messages called imaginations. And do you know what? We're going to define this word. Now, when you look up the word and you study out imagination, now I'm going to be very brief here. This is not going to be a study on imagination. I have a whole series on that. And let me tell you this. If you look up and you take the Strong's Concordance and you look and do your homework and study, and you see the idea of imagine, imagination, why, you know what, you know, they, they have these, these songs out, you know, uh, about imagine and all this other mess and so forth. You better be careful about your fleshly mind because I'm telling you, it will get you in big trouble. You know what, what you put before your eyes deals with the idea of what comes out of your mind and out of your mouth and out of your heart. Why, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, when we put, when we look at the idea of where do we see uh, imagination, when we look up the word imagination, it's the conception, an image that is portrayed in the mind. And uh, where does this idea, and that's another word, come from? Where does this imagine, this image that is in your mind, where does it come from about what's going on in your life and what is past and what you have fed in through your eyes that absolutely has taken place and gone into your, uh, into your flesh and uh, all of a sudden well, you be laying there uh, at nighttime and trying to rest and so forth and all, you got all of these things that are running around in your mind about what you've seen uh, uh, the latter day and uh, what, you, what took place and uh, what, what you are putting before your eyes. They're images why, thus you get imagination. I-M-A-G-E. That's an image that has been impressed upon your heart. An image that has been pre- impressed upon your mind. And so when you look at that thing, why, what happens with that and how, what does that generate? It generates a scheme. It generates some, uh, some kind of a scheme, some kind of a device, some kind of a conceit, some kind of a, a get back at uh, that is formed in your mind. And then what happens? Why you act upon it. Uh, all of a sudden you begin doing it. Why, you know what you have? You have the idea of uh, uh, people that put themselves uh, uh, before the computer, and uh, what you have is you have all of these things that you put before your eyes, and, uh, you know, you you, uh, dream about, boy, I'd like to have this, and I'd like to do that. Uh, Listen, people get in trouble for the idea of pornography. People get in trouble over the idea of the looseness that is going on within the day and age that we live in today. And then guess what happens? All of that stuff begins to scheme up in your mind to where, okay, you see the images. Uh, The images that you had no business looking at and then you wonder why in the world you got all of these problems. Well, let me tell you something here. Uh, You have that devil vision that has all of these images in the middle of your living room. You have all of these things with the computer, these personal computers and all this stuff. We have these things that uh, that absolutely you look at and you begin to, uh, these images get in your mind. And brother, if you don't absolutely put that under control, 
I mean, let me tell you something. We are in like the days of Noah, where their imagination was only evil continually. Amen. Isn't that what we have today? I mean, let me tell you something here. God saw, verse 5, the wickedness of man that was great in the earth and that every imagination, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord. What was the outcome? It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Now, I want to tell you something here. You know, Today, we're in the church age, the dispensation of grace, the, dis, the, the, the church age today. Why, in Revelation, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, we have a list of the seven churches of Asia. And let me tell you, the last one is the church of Laodicea. Do you know what? God has nothing good to say about the last church. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the last church day, uh, the last church age, uh, in this age that we're in today. And let me tell you something. God has nothing good to say. As a matter of fact, you know what the church says about itself? Well, you know, we are increased with goods, and we have need of nothing. And, and, and you know, they have such a proud look about themselves because of all of their holdings and uh, uh, all of this stuff that we do and all this mess. But you know what? They're not doing it God's way, number one. Number two, they're not bearing fruit for God's glory according to the word of God. And God looks down, and let me tell you, Revelation in chapter 3, you know what God says? But knowest not that thou art wretched and poor and blind and miserable and naked. And you know where Jesus Christ is? He's outside the door. He's outside the church knocking to come in. That's where the church is today. Jesus Christ is outside. Oh, we have our programs today. Uh, we have our uh, magic shows. Uh, we have our uh, uh, films. We have our uh, uh, worship service. Uh, I mean, we got all of the music instruments and all of the smoke and all the glitter and uh, all of the black lights and all of the stuff and all this mess. You think that's worship? <laughs> Yeah, right. Let me tell you something. You better go back to reading and studying your Bible instead of letting somebody uh, guide you wrongly. Amen, amen, amen. Now, the idea of it is, is that here in this time, why it, he, the Lord said it repented the Lord, that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. It grieved the Lord. Now that, what a, what a pitiful thing. I wouldn't even want to be, I, I mean, listen here, I know where I'm at. And it grieves my heart that the idea that the Lord has nothing good to say about the church age, or the church time, the church period that we are in today, Church of Laodicea. That's the last church before the rapture takes place, before the seven-year tribulation period starts. And the Lord said, I will destroy man upon uh, uh, whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I made, that I have made them. It, I mean, God said it repenteth me that I have made them. Why do you remember? Uh, way back when uh, chapter 1, why, you know, when God made man, he created me. Listen, he said it was very good. Oh, man. God was pleased. 
God wanted somebody to be able to walk and talk and fellowship with that wouldn't go back on them like Satan did, Isaiah chapter 14. You ever read that? But looky here, let me give you something here at verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now the idea of it is, is Noah found grace. You know what's really interesting here is the idea that, you know what, there's, there's people today that'll say, well, you know, you're saved the same, uh, you know, all the way through the Bible, you know, the same way. Really? Really? Well, let me tell you one thing. Let's, let's see, and let's just check this out a little bit. You know, the scripture says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I want you to understand something here. Here again, we look at the law of first mention. This is the first time that grace is mentioned. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The first occurrence should be underlined here. I mean, and let me tell you something. This grace, it makes uh, its first appearance for the first time in the Bible and is manifest now plainly, now openly. This is not like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 that says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me tell you something. The word grace here is favor, goodwill. We know that by looking that up and studying that word. And the idea of it is, is we got to understand something. It says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, how did he find grace? Did you ever get a hold of that? I mean, why, why is it that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Well, let's read on here and let's look at some of these things here. Why it says, now these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just, verse 9, man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. You know what was going on here? Noah was like Enoch, his grandfather. I mean, remember Enoch? Enoch is a type of, you know, where he walked and talked with God. And I mean, God and him had so much fellowship. I mean, the Bible says, and he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. It's a type of the rapture of the church. And by the way, the true church, the true Christians, the true born-again believers, I'm not talking about the fakers, those that profess something that they do not possess, I'm talking about true Bible believers, true Christians that have received Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, truly repented of their sin, received Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they are communicating and talking and fellowshipping with the Lord on a daily basis. I mean, do you have communication with the Lord? Do you pray on a daily basis? Let me tell you something, and I teach our people this in all sincerity. You know something? Uh, we talk to God by prayer. But God talks to us through his word. Amen, amen. Are you letting the Lord communicate and talk with you? <coughs> now the idea is that the, you, you find here that uh, he was perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. And uh, all for all flesh had corrupted his way in the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. 
and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, from uh, Genesis and chapter 6 all the way down uh, to uh, verse uh, 21, why I mark this in my scriptures, God's plan. You know what God did? God had a plan. He told Noah what to do, gave him the, the, the drawings, the plans, and said, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. And what was it for? Because there's going to be a flood. You know, at this particular juncture here, it, never, it wasn't raining. I mean, the water and everything else was coming up through the ground, you see. Well, let me tell you this. What happened here? What took place? Why, he was going to, uh, you know, look at verse 18. He says, but with thee, God was speaking. And by the way, do you understand here what was taking place? God was literally talking to Noah. Did you catch that? And it says, but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all the flesh, two of every sort, thou shalt bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after the kind, cattle after the kind, and every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort, shall come into thee to keep them alive, and thou and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus, are you listening? Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, you better underline these words and recognize it, so did he. You know what Noah did? He obeyed. Why, let me tell you, he believed God, the element of faith, and he did according works, faith and works, he did what God commanded him to do. Now, let me tell you something here. Noah was found righteous in the midst of a crooked generation. Look, if you would, in chapter 7, verse 1, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous. Where did Noah get his righteousness? It was not imputed unto him. This was the righteousness of Noah in his choice. And by the way, let me tell you this here. You know what? Why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You better really understand these words. And you better really start studying and showing yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth here. I mean, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation here, why, let me tell you something. Here's Noah. Uh, I mean, Noah was found righteous. Now, when we look at this thing, Noah, verse 5, did, uh, did according unto all that the Lord commanded him works. Why, Noah obeyed. And that was simple. That was absolutely, isn't that, doesn't that make a lot of sense? I mean, can't you ascertain that? Can't you grab a hold of the idea of what literally took place here with Noah? Now, when we look at this thing, 
And we read about this thing, about what took place, about how the windows of heaven, about how it rained, about what happened there, and all of this. Note, we understand, in verse 21, And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both fowl and cattle, beast of every creeping thing, and creepeth upon the earth, and every man, every man, and all whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. Every man. Did you catch that? Every man. Why, do you know what? We understand what took place, uh, you know, and then we understand over here what, uh, uh, why, what was going on in chapter 8 and verse 1, and God remembered Noah, why after a little while being in the ark and all that going around, the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days, and then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. That's a good King James AV 1611 word. And the waters returned from off the earth. Why The waters had to go somewhere. They returned off the earth. That's assuaged. Moved to a different place. And the idea, and after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. Why, where did the waters go? <laughs> uh-huh. And the ark rested. Something for you to take and study there a little bit. Now, here's what I really want you to grab a hold of, what took place. Now, we go down through there, and we read down through chapter 8 about what happened there with the dove and uh, with uh, the raven. We see this. And then uh, uh, the second month, the seventh and twentieth day of the month, verse 14, uh, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy son, thy son's wives with thee, and bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both fowl and the cattle of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Why, there's another commission. Be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kind went forth out of the ark. Now, I want you to note verse 20 here. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered what? A burnt offering on the altar. Do you know what? You know what Noah knew here? The blood sacrifice. Do you remember what I told you about the idea of what the responsibilities were? The responsibilities were to do good, to obey, and number two, the blood sacrifice. Do you know what we see here? We see Noah. And you know what? He did good. What he did is he did what God commanded him to do. And number two, at the end of everything, Noah built an altar unto the Lord, took of every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. That was shed blood. Did you catch a hold of that? And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. 
Neither will I again smite any more everything, everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time, harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. Now you see the idea of it is, is that now we have the commission again to Noah. Why in chapter 9 and verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said this, And be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Why, do you remember where you've seen that before? Didn't you see that with Adam and Eve? Why, they had to replenish the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Why, this you get again. This is the family. This is Noah and his wife and their three sons of which every human being today has come from. And the idea of it is, is that God told them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, we have gone through this thing here and we've gone through the first dispensation, which was the dispensation of innocence. Now we've just gone through the dispensation of conscience. The responsibility that they God laid upon them was do good and the blood sacrifice. Why do you remember in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7? I mean, you know what? Do good. Uh, we see this in Noah. I mean, you know, do good. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And what was the failure? We understand the wickedness of man. I mean, man, I, I'll tell you what, the imagination of man was only evil continually. What was the judgment? Why, obviously, it was a universal flood. I mean, every living man, every living being, I mean, that was not in that ark, perished. And that's what took place. We understand also why the idea, I mean, that there was a, uh, there was a bow uh, that was set. And uh, we're going to get into that about how God spake to Noah and his sons. And he established in verse 9 of chapter 8, he established a covenant with, the, with, with Noah. And, uh, you know, that, that he won't ever uh, uh, cut off all flesh anymore uh, by uh, the waters of a flood. And neither shall there be any more uh, a flood to destroy the earth. Now, let me tell you something. There was a bow that was set called the rainbow. Let me tell you, that was a covenant that was given uh, to a good man, Noah. And it was from God. I mean, let me tell you something. It wasn't some ungodly, filthy, uh, uh, sinful thing like man makes it today. Why, brother, that precious uh, uh, covenant and the, the, the uh, sign of that covenant was the bow, the rainbow that was in the sky. That was a promise given by God Almighty. And let me tell you something. Man today makes it into some kind of perverted thing. It's wickedness. It's full of sin. And let me tell you something. That's where we're at today in the society we live. God said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I mean, the wickedness that goes on today, the, the disgrace before God Almighty. 
Why, the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. I hope you're not one of them that has forgotten God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. May God help you to see the truth.